Welcome to the Raven Precision Podcast. In this episode, I visit with Casey Reinesh, one of our technical service specialists, and Nick Michael, one of our staff design engineers. And uh, in this one, we talk about Hawkeye 2.3 updates. Uh, the version is currently available on our website. Uh, and what we really get into with this is kind of what comes with the update and how you can use the new tools part as part of the update to your advantage. With that 2.3, we talk about things like NCV performance, uh, stuck poppet detection, kind of what goes into that, uh, the ability to set a preferred UT uh, for your universal terminal. So if you have a couple of different terminals in your cab and it'll be switching back and forth, well, this, you can actually set it so it'll stick to one over the other. Uh, and then we get into a little bit of the diagnostics and kind of how you can use that information to help you uh, better pinpoint what's going on. The episode's pretty packed with information, uh, but if you're going to be going to 2.3 or if, you ha- if you're if you just getting a system and it has 2.3 on there, I'd highly recommend just checking it out, listening to Casey and Nick break it down. Uh, I'm not going to lie on this one. I actually just ended up sitting and listening to Nick and Casey talk about uh, everything that comes in with this uh, 2.3 version of software with Hawkeye. Uh, anytime I've ever had questions on Hawkeye or from uh, putting something together, Casey and Nick are a wealth of information when it comes to anything related to Hawkeye. So, here I am visiting with Casey and Nick. Our bars look good. Yeah, let's just get after it. Um, oh, we forgot the rules. Matt's got rules. You, you can't wear watches. You can't. Wear oh my gosh, like we're got to trip down. Basically. We're much. We're much less strict now. <laughs> we're in the wild west of pot, Raven podcasting. So, oh, like we had yeah. rules. Like, oh, we did strict. Well, no mostly watches. just for Casey because he's nothing, got all this bling all the time. Nothing like beeping. Are you texting? His pager is always going off. I'm popular. I mean, what pager? <laughs> What can I say? Pay for Uh Yeah, so we can kind of just go through the release notes uh, for 2.3 if we want. Or I, I see both of you guys have it. So Go to the highlights. Okay. Yeah. So wherever you guys think we want to get on yeah. first. So I guess if we cover all the, the new features and releases for the 2.3 Hawkeye ECU software, I guess the first one on the list uh, is the NCV performance. Um, so that's one new feature that we included there's really, I mean, as far as getting it, the Viper 4 software doesn't have to be updated. I guess it would be good if it was at the latest, just so everything matches. But um, throwing throwing the 2.3 software on the Hawkeye ECU, and then there's a check mark under the under the uh, alarms. Is that correct? Under the alarm settings, uh, the NCD yep. performance, yep. where you can go in and, and check it and enable it. There's also the option to include the increase or decrease, you know, if it's 10 or 20% as far as when the alarm actually sounds. But what are some good things, Nick, as far as why would somebody want that? Why would, why would the user want to check that box? Uh, the NCV performance statistics gives you uh, an idea of where your system is running at in relation to essentially maxing it out. So if you're, if you're performing a turn, it will give you an idea of where your outer NCV 
you know, that your outer NCV is actually increasing duty cycle versus your inner NCV either decreasing or maintaining uh, duty cycle. I will also tell you where you are in relation to that kind of that optimal duty cycle when you're running through the field, uh, which is between 65 and, and 70%. So if you're driving through the field straight in order to maintain uh, best coverage, you typically want your NCV duty cycle to be around that around that 70% range um, just to make sure that you're getting adequate coverage. Uh, and by monitoring that, that average and high and low value, it will tell you that, yes, I'm, I'm uh, getting adequate coverage or, or no, I'm not. Um, that NCV performance statistics uh, screen also has uh, your system efficiency um, indicator on it. So you can tell, okay, my system is operating good. System efficiency is somewhere between 90 and 105%. Uh, but as the system, you know, if you get a, a few poppets stuck or if if you have some other other issues with calibration or something, it's going to show you that, hey, my my uh, system performance is degrading. My system efficiency is is way above or way below what it normally is for this tip and this speed and this rate uh, and this pressure. Uh, so maybe I need to check something out. Um, your your minimum and maximum NCV outputs, your high and your low values, will also change color when you're driving okay. through the field. I noticed that the other day when I was I was on a simulator there, and you know, not all the time. You know, most of the time they were black, obviously the values were, but then once in a while, not even at a hundred percent, yep, it was showing up red. So Yep. So when you're when you're at your minimum or at your maximum for the particular tip and pressure and rate, uh, it will give you an indication that hey, you're you're maxed out. It's gonna turn your color turn colors on you. Um it's gonna turn to red. Uh okay. and the it might require you to speed up or slow down um to get out of that color range, but at least gives you some visual indicator that I'm maxed out some quick, uh, quick indicator of, of you mean to make an adjustment. Now the, right. you're very, uh, you're not likely to see it necessarily go to a hundred percent, even though you're, the NCV is driving at its maximum. Uh, and that is because we are calculating what the actual maximum NCV output is at any given time with any tip and rate and pressure that you're actually running at. And we, in the background, cap that value. So you might see that value turn red for a 03 tip or an 04 tip. You might see that value start to turn red at, you know, somewhere between 85 and 95%. If you right. put a, a 015 or an 02 tip on there, you might see it turn start to turn red at 85%. And that's 85% duty cycle. And that's simply because no matter uh, how often, you know, at, at some point, uh, high in the duty cycle range, especially if you have a small tip on there, uh, you won't see any more flow uh, at 85% than you would at 100% coming out that mm, tip right. just because the tip is so small and it's it's capping what that NCV can actually do. Okay. Now, That's, when you get to a 08 tip or a 010 or something like that or a 10 tip, uh, you'll see you'll likely more likely see that go to 100%. Okay. Um, so. And I, yeah, I mean that, that one situation I was in, I did have smaller tips on there and I was just driving a straight line and, and all of a sudden at about, it was right below 90%. Uh, it was showing up red and I was focused on the, the NCV performance, 
I wasn't looking at my speed range. I was mm-hmm. obviously yep. over my speed mm-hmm. range. So and the speed range those, is kind of slow or small, excuse me. So uh, if you have a Viper 4 and you have that smaller VT window up, uh, you can still see, you know, that in the NCV performance, you can still see that turn red or you can see that color changer and the numbers are bigger versus trying to read, okay, how fast can I right. go on that speed range? Now, on the, just for everybody out there, uh, the NCV performance, that's going to be, it's only going to show up, right, if we have less than three pumps, injection pumps on the ICD pumps on yep. the yep. bus. Oh, um, right, because of the real estate in the UT, right? Yep. Right. Yeah. The pumps yep. will show up on the left side yep. of your tank, yep. and then the NCV performance and the yep. uh, system efficiency is going to show up on the, the lower right side. So what, there's going to be three lines. There's going to be a min, max, and a... There's a high, an a high, average, and a low, okay. and then your system efficiency is also right above there. in the box there with them. Yep. Okay. So, yep. And that low, like when you were talking about the turn comp, that low is going to be inside and the high will be the outside? Yep. So the, the high and the low represent what the highest and lowest duty cycles are for the tips that are on. So okay, if okay. you're going, if you're making a turn and your inside boom is actually going over the top of coverage it's going to show whatever the minimum duty cycle is for the last one that's on. Okay. Okay. And uh, that's likely going to be whatever your minimum set NCV duty cycle is. So whether it's 25 25, or 20 or whatever you've set it set at, uh, it's going to be that. So, and then as a reminder, again, um, for driving straight through the field, normal operation, best coverage, um, you want to focus you want to size your tip uh, so that your NCVs are operating at approximately uh, 70% duty cycle, somewhere therein, um, while you're driving straight across the field at your normal operating spray speed. Right. right. And that's a good visual. I mean, otherwise, before we had to go in to the individual nozzle diagnostics and see what our, mm-hmm. our nozzle duty cycle was, maybe cycle through a few. And this is just going to be up front on the screen at all times and give the, the operator a little better visibility to that stuff. So right. yep. that's going to be nice to have. Yep. Um, you mentioned a little bit about system efficiency, you know, whether it's high or low, and that's going to be showing up on the screen there too. But obviously 100% efficient would be a good thing. Mm-hmm. But uh, what's the range that we have? You know, what's, I mean, it's close to 100, but... Yep. What's a, a good range to typical fall range? Typical range is somewhere around uh, ninety to one hundred and five, and that is dictated okay. by um, okay, what's your what's your actual pressure? What's the system pressure? What's the boom pressure reading versus what tip size you have in there uh, versus what's your set point pressure versus what's the flow rate going out the tips? So, okay. uh, one good way to you know even before you start your spray season. Uh, you know, go into the sprayer, even with a tank of water, uh, just go in with your normal tips, just select a rate, put in a pressure, turn the sprayer on, uh, cause that value updates relatively quickly. Um, right. and it, it will show you, okay, where is, where is normal with water, with these tips, with this pressure, with this, with this rate at this speed. Um, and then if you have, let's say a fence row or a another nozzle on there that you can flip on. So turn on a fence row and see how that changes your system efficiency. Um, because what that system efficiency actually is, is what is the nozzle duty cycle 
doing right now compared mm-hmm. to what the system thinks it should be doing for to uh, to put out this this rate this rate per acre that I'm trying to do. So with an 04 tip at 40 psi, you know if you were at 100 percent duty cycle, you know you would expect 0.4 GPM at times the number right. of tips that you have. Well, you know, we do the same calculation based on the the duty cycle of the nozzle. So we know what duty cycle should be putting out rate X, Y, and and Z and whatever. Um, What ends up happening is your system efficiency will adjust depending on whether the NCV uh, duty cycle is above or below what it thinks it should be at to deliver the rate that it is. It's It's the difference there. It's a percent difference. So, so if you're for, at 100% and the system thinks that you should be at 50% duty cycle to deliver 10 gallons an acre, um, that again, that would be 100%. If you were at 60% duty cycle to deliver that amount per acre or 70 or 80% um, based on your tip and your pressure and everything like that, uh, then it's going to give you an indication that your your tip is, that, that something is wrong. Right. So like you mentioned there, if you turn on a fence row, we don't actually take fence rows in account Correct. on your, your total application. So Correct. the Viper 4 and Hawkeye, it's going to think there's a leak somewhere. So yep. in that case, we get a, a system efficiency is higher or lower. Uh, so your system efficiency would be would be higher because by turning on, you right. know, if you, if you spring a leak, if you have a fence row on, it's going to be delivering the same amount of flow and the nozzles are actually going to decrease, decrease their duty cycle because you're still able to deliver that same amount of flow that you had okay. targeted. So that makes um, sense. So if you have a if you have a leak um, somewhere, uh, assuming everything's calibrated correctly and you have the right tip sizes entered, right? Um, if you have a leak somewhere, it's going to tell you, okay, my system efficiency is much much higher. You know, maybe it goes to 120 or 140 or some high value higher than that 100 ish number. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have a, a flow restriction where the system has to work harder um, and the duty cycle has to be higher to get that that flow out of there, say you have say you have a bank of nozzles not turning on, or say you have a a boom valve that has failed, and you have an entire boom valve section of worth of nozzles that is not on, um, something that's blocking flow, something any restriction, anything right. that's blocking flow. Um, you will end up with a system efficiency lower because your nozzles are having to work harder to achieve your target rate. Okay. So you mentioned, you know, if everything is calibrated correctly. So, you know, one thing that would come into account would be your flow meter calibration number, I assume, and a pressure transducer calibration. If those aren't set correctly or calibrated Mm -hmm. correctly, or the tip size, Mm -hmm. if we're just taking a guess at at Mm -hmm. what tip size we have, Mm -hmm. that could play in it a yep. role in things too for us. The tip size is probably the one to watch the most, assuming, like you say, you don't have leaks or anything like that. But uh, the tip right. size is probably the one that's going to be changed the most often uh, and be the, the most easy to overlook. Uh, if you switch applications, say you're switching from a, a broadcast spraying you know, post or something to a fungicide, uh, where you're adjusting your tip size or, or whatever your operation is. Right. Um, and you forget to re-enter in that tip size, uh, you're going to see an immediate, immediate, uh, discrepancy in what you, 
what your system efficiency might be. Right. And that's one thing, you know, once you get the alarms, so you can set it whether it's high or low, you know, 10% or 20%. And I noticed when the alarm popped up on the screen that it actually told me what my meter cal was, what my tip size was actually programmed on the screen. So it goes through, you know, a a good list of Mm -hmm. items to check, you know, Mm -hmm. as far as what could affect or why is this alarm coming up. And that is another uh, effort that we made with this year's release is some of those some of those more common alarms uh, that pop up on the screen. Uh, we've actually implemented uh, some, you know, kind of high level things to check right in the alarm. So if you have right. a if you have a, a stuck poppet or a uh, nozzle that went offline or something like that, just some high level things to to check before you notify service. Uh, so at least you have some some ability to to look and see what the problem might be um, before you need additional assistance. Right. So it's not just a straight-up guessing game at that right. point, right? Yeah, yep. so you just get a little bit out of it. I noticed some of the, you know, like you mentioned, the, the nozzle alarms. A lot of times it'll actually give you a, a serial number of the nozzle mm-hmm. or, you know, it's nozzle number 52 that's, that's the problem. So that would be from left yep. to right, left yep. tip to right tip when you're looking from behind the machine, so... Anything else as far as like the performance, oh. the the system efficiency and performance? I think we hit on a yep. lot of that stuff. Well, and yeah, and there's a lot of information to that just from listening. Just yeah, from listening to you. I mean, there's a there's, there's a ton a that you can you can gather from it. It's it's going to be a, an invaluable tool, I think. As far as the the NCV performance, you know, the biggest thing that I would see helpful is you know is that high or low, and then understanding. Like you said, Nick, if that value is high, well, there's probably a leak in the system somewhere or something that could simulate a leak. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then if it's low, there's there's a blockage mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. could be as simple as, you know, we have a strug- or a planed, uh, a plugged strainer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so that would be some good things. Or, you know, a lot of those machines have manual hand valves that need to be opened a little bit more or less um, so the, the system has the, the right... right. Uh, operating pressure so or a common one uh for let's say a case operator or the machines that have the boom clean out manual valves on them well you you clean your sprayer out you've done your triple rinse you've cleaned out between applications um you opened up those end caps that allow you to exhaust the flow out each individual boom tube oh sure and the one that I hear the most common is, well, I forgot to close the one on the <laughs> right, center rack right behind that right I, behind. I never see when I get in the cab. Well, you mm. you forget to close that one, and all of a sudden you're dumping out 15 gallons a minute on the ground right right out one spot. And that so, would be easily detectable. I mean, yep. when I was going through and experimenting with the NCV performance, I had a small demo stand, you know, a few nozzles, but I just cracked a nozzle, and it shot up that um, system efficiency by 10% easily. Mm-hmm. So that's something, um, you know, if there was a mm-hmm. a small leak, it would still be detected right. mm-hmm. by the system. So mm-hmm. uh, that'd be a good, like Nick said, to get a good baseline of what your system efficiency is while no chemicals in there while you're spraying and you can go back behind the machine and, and check everything and make sure there is no leaks and, and get a good baseline. So mm-hmm. do you see, you mentioned water. Do you see any differences between different chemicals? There will um, be some differences in chemicals. Um, like even just a regular Roundup mix, is there much between that? I mean, I could see if we're spraying some where you foliar might see, nitrogen or something like yep, that. But yep, that'd be 
that'd be your your liquid fertilizers, anything that's thicker, anything that's harder for the system to uh, get flowing and uh, builds up higher pressure than mm. uh, what you might normally expect with a water based product. Uh, even some of the even some of the chemicals like uh, the yellows, the prowls, the uh, you know treflans, things like that, where you've got kind of a thick chalky mix when you're done. Uh, a lot of the pre-merge type stuff, uh, you know, that creates kind of a nastier mix uh, might have a different efficiency than, say, a Roundup. But okay. I would expect, again, that most of the time your system efficiency is going to be between that 90 and 105%. And it should be, uh, you know, throughout the duration of the day shouldn't change that awful much. I mean, it might slowly change as you speed up or slow down or or if right. you're in an area where you're over or under applying or something, it's going to give you that indication. Um, but if you're driving in a straight line at the same speed at normal at your normal spray speed and pressure, your system efficiency should be the same from pass to pass. Okay. So, so even with some liquid fertilizer, you would expect to be, you know, 105 percent, maybe, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It maybe might be. plus or minus five percent, I guess. Yeah, it might okay. be. So. Mm. Well, uh, so probably the next part with the efficiency, we mentioned stuck poppet uh, quite a few times with it. Right. Want yeah. To get into so, that a little bit. Um, stuck poppet is, is uh, fully implemented now uh, where you can go in and under the alarm settings, you have to enable it. Does it come enabled right away? Is it by default? Yeah, defaulted. It's a default, okay, good. Defaulted on. Um, so every. Everyone who gets version 2.3 software or upgrades to 2.3 software will will uh, see that there's a stuck pop it alarm option. Um, right. the The big thing is is you actually have to have revision G NCVs to take full advantage of it because it's a it's a combination of the software uh, that we have on the main controller uh, and the software and hardware that are on the nozzle. So if you have to Everything uh, that all new systems that were uh, generated from October 2016 to now um, should be compatible with the stuck poppet uh, alarm setup. Uh, the main thing is is you have to, uh, for some of those older systems, uh, you have to look at your individual nozzle. Uh, so right on the serial number, it should say revision, revision G right there. Uh, or in your nozzle diagnostic screen, it would. Uh, your nozzle diagnostic screen actually doesn't tell you, so you have to go look on the actual serial label right. uh, to see what your what your revision of the nozzle is. What if we? I mean, you know, some systems may have been out there a little while, and you know, mm-hmm. might have a few new nozzles and a few old nozzles. Will it still work if we have a mix? But it'll just work for the newer nozzles. It'll just work for the newer nozzles. Okay. Yep. So the newer nozzles will tell you that I'm I'm plugged up. Uh, the older nozzles will not because they don't have that capability to detect that. Okay. So a lot of these, I mean, if we have a, a stuck poppet, uh, that might reflect as a low system efficiency too. So you might get you might get a stuck poppet alarm first or might get that uh, system efficiency alarm first, I would assume, or, yep. or would... Yep. You will get the stuck poppet alarm first. That would have priority. Yep. Okay. Yep. So that'll be nice. That'll give you a good starting point to try and find out why or where that uh, yep. system efficiency is, is yep. so low. So. Yep. But, um, yeah, other than that, I mean, it's there's not much else to stuck pop. It just makes sure that you have the software that's capable. Um, 
as far as the nozzle software, that's been at 1.3.2 for quite Since some time. Since revision G. Right. Yep. So, you know, there's not necessarily mm. an update of the nozzles, just an update of the, the main ECU. Right. And right. then making sure you have the alarm enabled. Oh, and, right, because the Rev Gs would have come standard with that version, right? right? Okay, yep. Yep. So uh, we've been talking a little bit about software. I guess I want to throw it out that uh, the new uh, 2.7 Viper 4 software, now we have the ability to update the main ECU with a USB drive. Mm-hmm. So if you want to take advantage of these uh, features that we've been talking about here, you don't need the Raven service tool to do that. Um, it's just a hex file. You download it. It's a very similar process to a regular uh, can upload. So it's uh, something that you guys can get out and before the season, get things updated and and uh, take advantage of these. So. Um, hmm. as far as the last feature, I guess the preferred UT, we talk about that a little bit here. Um, so the, there's been a lot of work on the preferred UT and, and what that all entails is if we have multiple universal terminals or virtual terminals on the same CAN bus, uh, a lot of machines, what machines would run into this? The roll gators for sure. And then roll gators for sure. Any any other one that would have a, a second display, whether it was in an armrest or uh, two large displays in the cab would okay. potentially run into this, but roll gators were probably the predominant one. Right. And what's new with this software is basically you tell it what you want as a preferred UT. Uh, do I want to stay on the, the ACO armrest um, monitor or do I want to stay on the Viper 4? And once you set it, it remembers that, you know, every power cycle, it's going to want to stick with the Viper 4. And then it's got a nice two-minute buffer where, you know, sometimes things don't start up all at the same time. The Viper 4 might start up first. The C1000 or, or C3000 might start up. Um, and it basically waits two minutes. And what happens if we don't see the Viper 4 within two minutes? What it automatically goes to the secondary UT or? Yeah, it will go to the secondary UT or whichever one it sees immediately. Um, and it will not transfer back. You know, if you if you wait for that Viper 4 to fire up and it's been longer than two minutes, uh, it will not automatically transfer back. You'd have to physically transfer that back. But as soon as you did, okay. then the process would start again. You'd still have, this was my preferred VT, this one came up within two minutes of initial startup or within two minutes of the system firing up, and and now I'm ready to go again. Um, Another thing that we adjusted with this version of software is that now you can swap VTs or UTs uh, during calibration, so you don't have to go through a full system calibration now, Right, which was a... A sticking point on roll gators for sure, <laughs> uh, especially right. with the with the uh, the scrolling wheel. Trying right. to get through calibration with that was was difficult. Yeah. So we uh, made the adjustment uh, to be able to even before going through a full system calibration, adjusting or selecting the other available UT on the system prior to that so that you wouldn't have to go through the difficulty of 
not having a touch screen for calibration because right. that's quite difficult. That touch screen is nice. Now you can switch it. You know, that first screen uh, pops up. You can switch it before the wizard and, and after the wizard too. Um, you know, if by chance we did exceed that two-minute time frame, you can still switch it back to the Viper 4 really easy there. So, Is it just one of the soft keys? Yeah. Is that all it is? Yep. Yeah. And that soft key will only show up if you have a second VT. If so if you don't have one. a second VT on there, it won't present the second or the soft key to make that VT swap. Right. One thing that I could see that might be a little bit of a, not necessarily an issue, but might catch a few people is if it doesn't see the Viper 4 right away, you know, okay, it's not showing up on the Viper 4, it's not showing up on, on the other UT. Make sure you give it that two minutes. Um, I've come into it a few different times where it doesn't show up on either one, and after you wait for two minutes, something will happen. You know, if it sees, mm-hmm. it's not going to lose both VTs. It should at least uh, find the one. So just be patient. Don't don't shut the machine down. Just give it a little bit of time and and uh, see where it pops up, and then try and troubleshoot from there if necessary. So. Any other? Were there any additional diagnostic stuff that I think I remember you talking about it? Unless we covered oh, it with, yeah, the, you know, some of the additional pages, maybe, or some of the additional information that shows up on those pages. So there is. There's uh, some additional diagnostic screens that you can get into prior to calibration. Okay. Um, and then after calibration, there's some added information to that as well. Um, so prior to calibration, if you click, I believe, the diagnostic tab at the top. You'll get into a to a screen where you can see how many nozzles are showing up. I believe it's five at a time. So it'll show you it'll show you what state the system's in, how many partners or how many nozzles are detected on the system. Okay. And then uh, below that, there's a a screen that you can scroll through that shows uh, five up to five partners at a time. So prior to calibration, essentially as soon as you start a machine up. Even if you're not calibrated, uh, you can see how many nozzles have been detected and how many how many nozzle errors you have and what their serial number is um, and what their voltages are. So right. right away, even before you try to calibrate, you can get some idea of how successful you're going to be with calibration and making sure that I have the right number of I have the right number of nozzles. On there, I have the cables connected right to give you some sense of feeling how successful am I going to be when I start up, when I calibrate here. And then once you go through the calibration wizard, you have all of that information, number of NCVs detected, um, serial numbers and voltages, uh, but you also have your software version because now the nozzle is going to report what software version it has. And then the, the number of nozzles will be sorted by their uh, where they are in relation to the boom. So if you know um, prior to calibration, you have successfully detected 72 nozzles, even before you've done any calibration, uh, those serial numbers will be in random order because the system hasn't gone through a calibration yet. It doesn't know mm. where they are. Okay. Once you go through calibration, it will say nozzle number 50,000 is, is in position 2 from left to right. Um, so top to bottom, one to seventy-two is yep. going to be left to right. Yep. Okay. Yep. So some of that stuff, like you said, um, 
the voltages and how many nozzles, I mean, that's going to be pretty apparent to, as to whether the, you know, if we're supposed to have 72 and we have 72, things are looking good. If not, you know, some of that stuff is obvious if it's going to be bad. But you mentioned the NCV errors. Mm -hmm. uh, what would we expect to see for those? How can they help us? Uh, typically, NCV errors are going to give you some some rough indication of the nozzle bus health. Okay. So on a normal system, on a normal startup, if everything is going is going okay, um, you will have you should have zero NCV errors or a very low number of NCV errors. Um, and some of those errors might just come from the nozzle starting up when you first key the system on, when you sure. first go through it. Um, when you're after calibration, uh, you might have a slight increase in number of errors uh, just because nozzles go offline, they come back online, um, and that will report as an error. Um, where you can use this as a, a helpful tool is say you have nozzles going offline or say you have uh, a system that just seems a little flaky, doesn't, things are happening and you're not exactly sure what, why, or how, uh, you can go to the screen and see, uh, okay, my nozzle errors are in the upper hundreds to thousands and they're rapidly increasing or rapidly decreasing. Uh, that's going to give you an indication of maybe I have a bad cable, uh, maybe I have a terminator that's, if you hit something with the end of the boom and you hit the terminator, uh, maybe you have a connection that got some moisture in it. Uh, maybe you have a nozzle that's failed. Um, you can go through this screen and see I have a, a tremendous amount of nozzle errors, and they're rapidly increasing. Um, so something's going on right now. I need to right. I need to make an adjustment or I need to stop and check it out. So. Okay, be a good indicator to mm -hmm. use if if it comes down to troubleshooting. Then mm -hmm. so, right, good deal. But yeah, no, it, I think you guys are hitting a ton. So, I think that covers a lot of the the useful updates and features in in that with two three. Mm -hmm. I don't know. All right. Well, is it everything you wanted, Casey? I think so. <laughs> I think we got it covered. <laughs> okay. Uh, please uh, rate your experience on this. <laughs> <laughs> you got a scorecard oh, after this. 